0: Hey it's Nick. Oh we got a good episode this week. Highly requested web3. It's a it's a long one. It's a doozy. Hopefully you can stick around. I think it turned out really well. Um, also have an ad. I'm going to put this in here. A big thank you to our sponsor this week, Apothecary. Yes. I had to bring you in, James, because you are a sock man. I am a sock man. Make some awesome socks. <laughs> uh, yes,
1: this company Apothecary, founded by our buddy Seth Fowler, mm-hmm. um, who you might know from YouTube, being yeah. a sneaker YouTube. We had him on the pod once. Uh, started ID. Yes, uh, we started s- designing spatulas together, and mm-hmm. he uh, he's now co-founded this company with uh, his business partner Osman Cueto, and. So, yeah, I mean the whole I think the whole premise of this company was to uh like complement the sort of hype sneakers yeah. that someone like Seth is reviewing on his YouTube channel. Right. Um and so to create socks that adequately pair and complement
0: these uh you know these beautiful sneakers. And Seth sent us some amazing socks. I mean This is really great, James, because all my socks have holes in them. You know, I just, I wear (laughs) things till they have holes in them. Uh, So I got some nice socks and you got some nice socks and I wore them on. They're great. They have this ISO weave, which is like, it's some sort of like interesting woven texture that I think certain areas have more stretch and kind of breathability. And then other areas have more durability, which I think is really nice. I mean, I was wearing them the other day. They're nice. The thing that I appreciate about
1: Apothecary is the fact that uh, they make XL socks because it's very hard to yeah. find extra long, right. extra large socks. And you have 15 foot. Size 15. Size 15. Uh, yeah, pray for me.
0: Uh, but my prayers were answered by Apothecary. Yeah. Big uh, big thank you to Seth. <laughs> um, definitely, you guys go check him out. Uh, it's The website is apothecary.com dot And then please use our promo code. We have a promo code. hey Minor details for 10% off. Hey. So get you yeah. some nice socks. They have other merch too, other uh, designs. And um,
1: the, yeah, they do these limited edition drops. Right. That's so you got to be on the lookout for those. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, a great company with some, you know, great founders.
0: For sure. Thanks again. Thank you. Also, feel free to email us at podcast at gmail.com for any thoughts or questions. You know, our 100th episode's coming up, so if you have any uh, ideas or questions for that, definitely email it in. And as always, you know the deal like on YouTube, give us that five star on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, all the good things, do them all. And let's hit that intro by Kyoshi the Kid. <laughs> our details i'm nick and i'm james and we're two designers in the big city sweating the small stuff how you doing james Just drank my own sweat oh my gosh you uh, sweated into your cup <laughs> flicked it in there
1: um i'm
0: good how are you nick doing good gotta get got a haircut yeah fresh cuts it was it was getting pretty long yes it was i kept looking at that video and like being like man i'm losing hair I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone did mention my receding hairline. Listen, what? Listen, I'm going bald, James. <laughs> somebody, d- somebody said something to you about it yeah. in the comments or uh, in the DMs. You know? Oh, like Nick. It's gosh, it's, <laughs> striking at the core in the DMs. I mean, my dad is bald. And my grandfather, both on both sides, are bald, and so it runs the family. And like, it's gonna happen to me. All I hope. Is that I can grow a really nice beard before I go bald oh I want to look like a uh, Ross Lovegrove oh Here's you, ever all see, right. you ever see photos of him oh yeah oh I'm <laughs> I mean he he's has that like beautiful white beard and just the bald head yeah. and then he wears his like black trench coat yeah and he just looks like a badass yeah he looks cool
1: Uh yeah, I mean, why not just take it all off now? Just shave it all off.
0: <laughs> I I've never shaved my head. I should. In I the metaverse, it
1: like. <laughs> you'll have a gorgeous head of hair. That's true. Um, but yeah, uh, what's been going on? We had we actually skipped a week. Not that anybody noticed.
0: Right, we were two weeks ahead. <clears throat> now, we're, now we're more relevant, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I get that. Um. Oh, we got the new iPhone. Yeah, we both got the same. Well, basically We're the same. Now. Yeah, twinning. We are pill boys, not notch boys. Now. Yes, or a dynamic island boys. Lonely islands. Um, I have a beef. Oh, uh, I think I had critiqued uh, the beef a couple of episodes ago, where I was like, "Oh, they just added screen above the the notch to make a yeah. pill." Okay, so my new beef is, I realized this when I bought the phone. There is this little, like, divot on the side of the phone. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. I realize it's where the SIM card goes. Right. But, of course, the new iPhone doesn't have a SIM card. Right. It's eSIM in America. And then everywhere else it does have a SIM. International has a SIM. And I was just like, why put a little, like, plastic door or metal door across and not mill it out specifically for America. Like if you're gonna go through the whole trail and make an e sim, like come on Apple. You're slacking right. here. This is a this is a minor detail we should have fixed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean obviously I I know there's a lot of uh, I'm sure there was a lot Cost. of debate debate in the internal about that. But it yeah. just it makes me miss Johnny and Steve. I feel like they wouldn't have never done that.
1: Mm, yeah, well you don't have um I don't know that I have beef, but I do have meat substitute with a, <laughs> uh, like the camera bumps are crazy. Yeah,
0: cause, cause I had a ten, and I went from a ten to this thing, and I yeah. was like, "Whoa!" I was I did I wasn't expecting how big the camera. This was.
1: feels like I'm walking
0: around with like brass knuckles on, <laughs> you like can kill someone. in the the hard. I mean, I do like the hard edge because you can like stand up. Right oh there. yeah, such a, such a monolith. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. I was rocking the round edge for a long time. Yeah, um, and then the other thing, I had some issues with setup. This is funny
0: yeah, this was funny because my my set I that's this is the one thing I'll give a pro on was I Literally opened the box turned on the phone and it said do you want to set up with your old phone? I'm like, "Yes," yeah. and I just clicked go and like, you know 20 minutes later. Everything was perfect. Yeah, didn't do anything
1: it's probably user error, but um, but I don't know I guess It seems like because I got less storage on this phone than my previous phone there was some issue but even though I wasn't using all the storage on my previous phone, yeah. which is why I went down because I was like, oh, I don't need all that. Right. But but then it was like, oh, you don't have enough data storage room. Yeah. And I was like, what? I don't need it.
0: Yeah. There's always that extra like, you know, 10 gigabytes of like software and stuff. Yeah. That they have, so
1: right? I I don't know. I guess I. Screwed myself there, but yeah. otherwise now I'm using it. It is like so much faster than my old phone. That's nice. Um, <laughs> well, that's nice,
0: isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. That's how I feel about this. Yeah. It's like we're, we've we've reached the pinnacle of smartphones. It's, like, yeah. it's just a nice thing to have now. And the, the UI,
1: I will, again, give credit to the UI team at Apple because I feel like they're doing some really nice – I mean – to be quite honest, I don't know what the UI is like on any other phone because I won't right. I won't touch those phones. I won't get within five feet of anybody using no them. Friends,
0: no friends with green bubbles, <laughs> never.
1: Yeah. But I so I don't know what the UI is like, but I think the I think the Apple UI has gotten a lot better. Like all the notifications now instead of popping up in the middle of the screen, they pop up towards the bottom of the right. screen, which is like a more clickable region and right. Like the dynamic island is like a really interesting way to give you more information. Like I just feel like it's a bit more playful than it used to be. It used to be very mm-hmm. just like straightforward and plain.
0: There's and those now, subtle animations. Yeah. You know? I feel like it's I don't know. It's I saw it's I saw a meme. For... <laughs> I saw a meme like that the other the other day that was like, imagine getting hired as like a UI person at Apple and spending two years working on the you know, the animation for the dyna- dynamic Island when you press the play button or something. like Yeah. That. I mean, that's what it is, right? They got, you know, thousands of people. Did you
1: ever, stuff. there was this uh, series on Netflix. I mean, it still is probably called the movies that made us. And one of them is about Jurassic park, uh, the first movie. And there's this animator in it. Who's like talking about the amount of work that he put in to like just the T-Rex animation. And he's like, I went through a divorce oh like like you know like lost custody like uh, he just like outlined all it is like just so I could get the like the like pinky right you know whatever oh, just shown like on these... screen for like 30, 30 seconds. Yeah. uh just a just a madman but oh, man. um yeah i i wonder like the the tortures that some of some of our you know design brethren or yeah. whoever have to go through just to like just to get that little thing right because it turns out to be really difficult like both politically and just like uh you know executionally
0: yeah um you had some more thoughts on meme design right
1: i did so i was thinking about we we got into that cyber truck conversation and you were talking about like how things how a meme is about the core essence of an idea and one of the things that I brought up was that like the Cybertruck is like the second graders version of a truck like it's so easy but that's actually like strategically in terms of being able to be shareable and also like memeable the idea that like you can capture the essence of something with just like a few lines Mm -hmm. it also contributes to like the shareability and memeability of something because like, I remember listening to this podcast with Michael Beirut um, from Pentagram. He's a graphic designer and he was talking about, he did the Hillary Clinton campaign graphics for 2016. And one of them was that H with the little arrow, right? Um, which got memed itself because right. it was like a red arrow going to the right, like, you know, stuff like that. But he was talking about how the prompt for that logo design was that a Second grader or who like a young kid could make that out of construction paper. Oh, interesting! And so, like, I think that that is like maybe also part of the like memeability, shareability of something is like that a kid sitting in class from a young age could like be drawing a cyber truck in like the margins of their notes. That it's that it's
0: that simple yeah. to capture it. Um, that's a good point. I mean, I, I would, I would agree that there are many memes, meme design objects out there that feel iconic in that way where it's only a few lines drawn. Yeah. I don't know that it doesn't capture the whole thing, but it captures a, a part of it. Right. I think what I think about is I go to product silhouettes, like when you design a product and you make a silo like if you turn that design into a silhouette is that silhouette instantly recognizable like right. a, like a coca-cola bottle right, right. like it, that could be just a black you know outline against a white background and everyone knows what it is yeah and same with the cyber truck you know yeah. and i think you could probably throw in like some eames chairs into that too
1: yeah totally and I- and the other thing that we didn't mention that I do remember vividly from the AirPod Pro release is how everybody was saying it looked like Bell Sprout from Pokemon. Oh yeah, and well, I just well, like, Pokemon also has the silhouette. You know yeah. when it's like who's that Pokemon? Yeah. It's a black silhouette. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it but that's like I don't know. That's another thing of just like it's such like a ludicrous like crazy weird like connection to draw, which makes it yeah. Uh, Memeable.
0: Well I think too it's it it also plays on this fact that there's always that hint of familiarity Mm -hmm. to designs that we like Um, and you know I guess that goes back to Raymond Loewy's most advanced yet acceptable principle where like you have to have some bit of familiarity but also some newness.
1: But it's like the familiarity of consumer electronic to
0: a pokemon <laughs> well because like, pokemons are pretty iconic themselves yeah right?
1: but that's like but that's what makes it even more memeable yeah um but anyway so yeah that was just like because i was just like thinking i was just envisioning like actual second graders drawing cyber trucks and like that being like an entry point for them to be able to like represent something that's like, um, I don't know, because it's it's not so easy to do that with any kind of car. Right. To be able to be like, yeah, I got this cool Cybertruck <laughs> drawing. You want to check it out? I don't that's know true. how second graders talk anymore. <laughs> that's probably more like a fifth grader. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so uh, yeah,
0: that was it. We got some new. Uh, I guess Kickstarter releases, product releases. Oh yeah. Some, 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 cool, some cool ones this cool week. Cool stuff coming through.
1: Some friends. Some products. Some future friends. Product
0: podcast. We got about talk about products, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, we wanted to shout out um, Derek Cassio, who uh, was an interviewee on our podcast. Yep. Great guy. Um, he launched this Kickstarter for a, like a vitamin electrolyte drink. Mm-hmm. Um, called Thirst Burster, yeah, and I really enjoyed the Kickstarter video it's, because it's, it's like, retro wave, it's it's very '80s synth wave, total '80s vibes. I like love it. Uh, Nick wouldn't understand this, but well, but I... our but our other but other audience members might see some similarities between. The Kickstarter video and Terminator, the first movie.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: That yeah, because yeah. So in the first movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger like shows up in like a bolt, like like multiple bolts of lightning as he travels back in time.
0: Oh, Back to the Future. I've seen that one.
1: There's no Simmer? DeLorean. Oh, okay. There's no Cybertruck. Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, like there's a little homage to it there, um, but yeah. Always, always love to support friends and their endeavors. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you haven't checked it out, check it out, ThirstBurster. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, I, we should get him on the pod again because I know he's pivoted to more business stuff. Yeah. Uh, entrepreneurship. Yeah, he's- This is one of he, his endeavors. He has several. Yeah, he's no longer teaching,
1: but he's, uh, He's. I don't know, he's creating some memes there. Yeah. Um, but- uh, Another Kickstarter. There is another Kickstarter, Um. Monk. Yeah. Um, so Uggmonk is a brand out of Doylestown, Pennsylvania, which is exciting to me because it's literally like 20 minutes from where I grew up. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I've been following Uggmonk for a while, like somewhat based on that, but also I just, you know, I love like what they've been doing. I think he started out mostly with like graphic tees. He's a, he's a graphic designer by training. Um, but then he got into physical products. The first one he did was the first version of gather, which was sort of this like wood block with these like milled slots in it. And then these plastic pieces that had like, um, metal prongs.
0: It was like a to-do list. No, no, no.
1: no. That's accessory thing. That's, um, that's his other product. That's analog. Okay. Gather is more just like, There's there's like a a thing that can go in that's like for your phone or for like post-it notes. There's these little just like plastic pieces that can help you with like desk organization basically on your desktop. Um and just like creates creates content for like desk goals, like organization goals all Um, over Pinterest. Yeah. And then analog, and that was a pretty successful Kickstarter. I remember when that happened and being and being like, Oh, that's cool. Like, um, and I think that's where I discovered that he was he was doing it all in Pennsylvania, but then analog is like yeah his to do list system, um, another like really beautiful little milled piece of wood. Um, it's got a slot in it for to do to do list, but there's like a whole system that right. he developed around it. Yeah, that was also very successful, and now he's like within like one hour fully funded, his newest kickstarter which is the follow up to gather okay. which is like a new collection this time it's um it's like more it's a broader system in right. some ways and it's
0: like a laptop stand there's yeah, a monitor stand
1: and he's brought in um there's there's no i don't think that there are any plastic pieces like in the original gather i right. think most of it is either wood or sheet metal. And then there's like felt accents right. in there, but it's really nice. It's a really nice collection.
0: Very clean, modern.
1: Yeah. I know that, um, he designed the set with, um, Jack Marple of orchestra studio. Um, and, uh, you know, so like, yeah, they did a great job, just really nice, like really, really solid. There's set. like a,
0: I think the one that I liked was the post-it holder. Oh, yeah. Because it was just a metal tray, simple bent metal tray with, I think, a felt liner in the bottom. But, uh, you know, four walls folded up. And then the front wall has a little cutout so you can, like, reach your thumb in <laughs> to pull a post-it note out. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, uh, you always should pu- peel post-it notes from the side. Because if you pull them straight up, then they, they curl when you put oh. stuff on stuff. Oh, Minor but, details. Yeah, minor details. Well,
1: I guess you could you could orient yeah, it. you could like twist. The, yeah, but yeah. little little secret for you, uh, <laughs> Jeff Sheldon, a bug monk. Um, but uh, yeah, just like I love, I just love that now that we are in the social media world and everything that it doesn't it doesn't require people being in like city centers or anything to yeah. create like. New influential beautiful product, and he's doing it all with like local vendors. I think because he's in Pennsylvania, there's a lot of Amish, and so like he's working with Amish people for for like some. I think mostly for the wood stuff, but it could be for the metal stuff as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, there's,
0: I I think too. I mean, this could be a whole episode, but just this idea of going back to local manufacturing. Yeah. Um. Both because I think a lot of people. became very clear during the pandemic like oh this is kind of important to have things yeah. local um and then also it's just nice to have more control over the final quality and stuff you totally know?
1: um so yeah uh check that out as well kickstarters lighting up this week yeah
0: um what you got another product or we want to do design news or what we got going on
1: oh i yeah i just wanted to mention there's because this is another company i feel like this company is currently almost like the teenage engineering of coffee. Like they have released a lot of product that I feel like gets probably a lot of ID love. Yeah. Um, which is fellow, that brand. And so they, um, I feel like their most iconic product is the product that they just like launched this pro version of, which is the stag kettle, right? which is that, it has that iconic handle, like the, the sort of like branching tree, tree out, branch, blending yeah. Yeah, yeah. handle. I know. Is that surfacing? Is yeah. that G3 surfacing? <laughs> Gets all of all of the designers. Uh, Well, I, oh gosh. I have a subtle complaint because they, there's not, they don't have the G3.
0: No, there's no G3 on There's the, no. The handle? What?
1: Oh, uh, we got to call up. We oh, got to call up the CEO right now. <laughs> only the, the wood handle, the wood handle doesn't have the same, issue as far as i can tell well, cuz it's sanded yeah hand. but the like the plastic. i think the plastic handle you can see sort of like the edges of the rounds oh man um i i but i still like it doesn't bother me yeah, no, too I mean, it's, much it's still a beautiful product. i think it's i think they're beautiful products i think i have i have the original stag kettle uh, and then I also have the Ode grinder Yeah. because um, I'm an AeroPress boy now. And so I do this whole routine in the morning, heat up the kettle, grind the beans. Actually, my daughter helps me out. She like presses the button to oh, grind yeah. the beans. Yeah, that's fun. I'm, I'm trying to like, <laughs> while I'm simultaneously teaching her how to, how to do key shot, I'm also <laughs> teaching her how to make coffee. Um She's going to be a good intern need, one day. Yeah, I need, you know, just trying to delineate tasks. Um do you or give, delegate?
0: Do you give Clara coffee? No. Okay.
1: No, but we I don't uh, know it's, uh, we give her illegal, but I don't know. Sometimes we give her like um frost milk oh, okay. and we ca- tell her it's a Clara cappuccino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um no, there's actually a funny story. My uh my brother-in-law and his wife, they like they give um They they would give froth milk to their kid. Yeah. And but they called it coffee. And we were in LA outside of a blue bottle, like we had all ordered. Yeah. And it was taking a long time. And his two year old son was going, I want coffee. I want my coffee. And it was just like, Oh God, is child service is gonna come right now? Like he was also just like just
0: just a two-year-old going through coffee withdrawals
1: <laughs> caffeine withdrawals. he was also just like embodying all like the frustration that all of us had because oh. for whatever reason this blue bottle took forever to make coffee Man. like i uh, you know it was just unreasonable They're on la time you know yeah exactly but um but yeah so uh fellow just released the pro version of their kettle which as far as I can tell, they did some upgrades to the lid. They added a gasket to the lid, which I think they're saying like keeps, keeps more of the heat in, yeah. um, they changed the whole, there's, there used to be a three hole pattern on the top of the lid okay. for like sort of exhaust, Venting. I guess. But now there's just like sort of a, a concentric like pill slot. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, these are the minor details. We like it. Uh, I think the spout is the same, the handle's the same, but the other thing is, like, the the base is a lot smarter. Okay. Um, it's, it's electric? A, it's electric. Okay. It's like, yeah, so it's an electric kettle. You input temperature, and you just say, like, yeah, like, start brewing. Yeah. Um, the old kettle, like, the functionality was, like, you put in a temperature, you you have it go and then you there's like a hold button on the back that you can push okay um to hold the temperature it naturally will hold the temperature for like a certain amount of time i think there's also a secret feature that i didn't know about until they posted about it which is if you toggle the hold switch it'll bring up a game of worm no on really? the kettle and oh, you wow. control it with the knob that's fun. it's kind of fun
0: That's the, that's the
1: stuff I like. Yeah. 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 Uh, but the new one has like, uh, an LCD screen. So like full color, the Mm -hmm. old one just had more of like a, like a pixelated, like black, black and white screen. Um, and so it, like you can put in your altitude. This Uh, is for serious. Oh yeah. (laughs) You can like set a time that you want your kettle to start brewing in the morning. Um, you can like, you can just like do presets for like, this is what I want for my coffee. This is what I want for my tea. Like, so right. there's just, there's just more features. Is it on getting too smart, James? <laughs> Are our objects getting too smart? Well, it's, it is the pro version. <laughs> okay. So like the old version will still be getting sold, but yeah. So that they've just added more features to the pro version, which is cool. I, you know, I think like the version that I have is like enough feature for me, but I think there are just like some aesthetic things that they've done with the new one that I think are really nice compared to the old one. But, but yeah, I, I do, I do just view this company as like the teenage engineering of coffee because I think, again, like we were talking with teenage engineering, like there's a, there's like an excitement that I get around their releases. Yeah. Um, because they're taking a space. Coffee equipment is like, it's a weird genre yeah, of equipment for sure. Cause sometimes it's like, the aesthetics are just like, I, 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 they might just be rooted in sort of like a tradition. Like a
0: just typical like KitchenAid appliances. Yeah, like? yeah, but yeah. there's
1: just like a, there's like this sheet metal. That, well, now there's like the Breville, which right. is like which the I super. Have, ID, I have the Breville one. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's the super ID. Like I can see the ID sketch that was done yeah. for the Breville yeah, it's it's in got my the head. Angles, it's got the chamfers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, but then... And on the other side of that is like fellow, which is also ID, but a little bit more like, I don't know. It's, it's a different type of ID aesthetic. It's very, it's much more graphic. It's much more like, like, uh, I could see that this, like they're designed almost in orthographic views almost Yeah. just like, here's, you know, like especially the grinder. Yeah, Yeah. Um, but then, um, yeah, but then there's other stuff, like the the like more expensive machines are like these like
0: sheet metal they're very industrial. Like the rocket espresso machines. Yeah. yeah. I actually prefer that aesthetic over my Breville aesthetic. Yeah. I don't it's just a little bit too extra, I think. Yeah. I would much rather have an industrial looking one than Kind of a KitchenAid-y looking one, right? But I really would like to have the Richard Sapper Alessi espresso machine. Oh yeah, that, that one nice. is the dream. But that you one know, is pretty that's nice. like you find a one on eBay every like five years, and yeah, you know they're like thousands th- of dollars. I think
1: friend of the pod Alex Chatham bought a machine thinking it was the richard sapper espresso and it was the richard sapper nespresso
0: that's rookie mistake can't get the nespresso pods now you gotta have the real espresso
1: uh i mean it's still like nice looking but it's yeah beautiful object for sure. once you've once you've tasted coffee like like i don't know i'm such a uh, such yeah. a brooklyn snob mm-hmm. uh once you've tasted like good coffee like you can't do nespresso nespresso just like I'm sorry. I had an espresso machine. I enjoyed it for a very long time, but there's just something about the aftertaste of that coffee that's just it's not it's just not quite the same. Yeah. I mean, they're doing a totally different thing in making espresso versus what is done in an actual espresso machine. Oh yeah, 100%. Um but their equipment is beautiful. Like I love all the machines that Nespresso makes. Right um there's some like really sophisticated mechanisms in some of the newer ones um yeah they always like, have, like
0: those levers that come down and stuff. yeah
1: but it's uh yeah i just like i don't know hopefully they're doing some D to figure out like how to make it a little bit better but there's quite there's nothing quite like an actual espresso from an espresso machine you know can't beat it ground out into a portafilter filter tamped out I get so much coffee porn on this my. Is, this is now a coffee podcast. I know this is this is like we're just barreling down the the rabbit hole of my coffee obsession. Yeah, my coffee obsession. You know, um,
0: you know what was funny? Um, one of the names we wanted to call this podcast was "Coffee and Calipers." Do <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> I, yeah, I do remember that. And then I was like, yeah, you but if like, we don't know James, if we don't do it during the morning, is it really like yeah. We we're drinking coffee? And now we're drinking coffee again. Well, cause We've I think the, when we were,
1: when we were first brainstorming names for the podcast, we met at a coffee shop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was, oh no, we, that was good that we did not call it coffee and calipers. Um, we're not a twee podcast. Oh my gosh. Um, but
0: yeah so let's see what what we got on for design news <sighs> design news we um, got uh we got a pretty pretty good design news, I think yeah or at least at least it's on my end yeah uh, the Meta connect conference was uh this past week, and they totally. released the new Quest pro, which is exciting yeah, um you know obviously that whole team's does amazing work, amazing design, and I think we pretty much knew what the product was gonna be um but I think you know it's it's definitely a little pricier than i thought 1500 bucks for the oh, wow. headset um and you know it's it's classic vr headset upgraded with everything much light uh actually i think it's heavier than the quest uh the old one quest 2 mm-hmm. but they have the battery pack in the back of the mm-hmm. headset mm-hmm. and there's kind of a different um you know head strap mount thing that you know everyone's saying the ergonomics are amazing on it okay um There's no blinders on the side, so it's much more open. Mm. It's kind of like putting on a set of glasses. They kind of look like ski goggles. Yeah. Um, And then the big thing is pass-through. It has color pass-through, upgraded cameras, which allows you to do mixed reality. Yeah. Um, And which is perfect for design. Yeah. Because, well, at least for me, I'm always designing things and flipping on mixed reality on my Valve Index to see, like, a chair in the studio, right? Yeah, or, yeah. like, how a lamp hangs from the studio. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like a superpower. Yeah. Like, I feel like I, w- I will iterate on concepts and just pump out a ton of concepts. And then I'll scale them all up to one-to-one scale. And then put them in, put them in the studio and, like, walk around them like they're, right. like, prototypes. Yeah. I mean, to do that, you know, traditionally would just be so time consuming and costs, uh, costly. Um, so yeah, I mean the fifteen hundred million is expensive for the new headset, but for that future alone, it's worth it.
1: So it does, it has like an augmented reality. Yeah. Feature. Well, so,
0: I mean, I think, you know, I think sometimes like augmented and mixed reality get a little bit mixed up. Um, you know, I, th- in my mind, augmented reality is when you're wearing like glasses mm-hmm. and a display is overlaid on your glasses. Yeah. Um, mixed reality is much more when the objects that you're seeing are actually interacting with the physical world. Mm. So like the the Quest Pro headset I believe like has like lidar and like understands surfaces and stuff. So in theory you could like throw a virtual ball and the ball would like bounce on the table or something. Mm. Um so that's mixed reality. So okay. And then it's not a see. That's th- it's, not gla- it's a little. I know it's, it's a little confusing, confusing right? because augmented
1: reality. I've always understood to be like it's it's interacting with your physical world right. as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's my kind of understanding and definition of it. Because I think there is varying definitions and people do use them somewhat interchangeably. Yeah. Um, But you know, my mind is like augmented reality is like you use your phone and you look at something through the through the phone camera or you use glasses like Google Glass and you look at directions through the, the Google Glass. Um, mixed reality is like, there's no see-through glass. It's your VR headset showing you cameras. Mm. Or, you know, I guess Magic Leap is mixed reality too. It does have see-through, but it's much more interactive mm. um, where it's like tracking the environment. and So like
1: augmented some- reality, you're saying is like, just like purely informative. It's not necessarily like mapping onto anything in your world. Or if it is, it's just like very minor. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's two worlds. It's a spectrum. There's augmented reality and there's virtual reality. To me, virtual reality is like, you are completely cut off. Augmented reality is your, like whatever it is that you're doing, it's interacting with your physical world in a digital way. Yeah. So, I, I mean, don't know. Invite yes. me to <laughs> these conferences, and I will set the record straight. Okay. Well, yeah, you'll have to. Because <laughs> I just don't see enough of a difference to have a third category.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll have to put the headset on, then you'll understand. <laughs> I'm just like,
1: I don't know. Maybe too much coffee.
0: Um. Yeah, so that was exciting to just have that new headset. I mean, I've been wanting a new headset for a while. Yeah. You know, my Valve Index is three years old now i mean it's it was it's been a great headset but it's been time to upgrade can
1: i can i say something i mean yeah what's up the one thing that i will say about the design of it is that i got a lot of microsoft hololens vibes mm, from interesting the headset okay it didn't feel like yeah it, it felt very similar in terms of id to me when i first saw it i mean i I've only looked at it briefly and like not again since um, you're much more in this world than I am. But I feel like they also on on the HoloLens, they have the battery pack on the back.
0: Um, I, I've only tried the HoloLens once. That one definitely feels more augmented reality because you have. I'm talking purely design, yeah, purely
1: yeah. aesthetic. I mean, it looks like. It looks like the major difference to me is that the like the Microsoft headset it's is kind of is like well, it's see-through and then it has this kind of like partition right between like the see-through area and then there's like sort of an encased area above that, and that's all a part of like sort of the same gesture um, but then can you pull up an image of the of the new Facebook headset or the meta I should say? Um, cause I think the meta one is just like, it's like almost all gloss on the front. Mm.
0: Yeah. There's similar similarities. I think
1: maybe it's, maybe it's just that the battery pack is on the back. That's like giving me the same vibes. I mean, I think too, obviously
0: I think just from an archetype standpoint, you know, they live in the same space. They have to have, they have the same constraints. Yeah. So you are going to end up with some similarities. Um, but, yeah, also, I mean, I guess, like, they have kind of the goggle. Vo- and the thing is, is, like, when you get small enough, obviously, you have to have room for your nose. No, you don't. <laughs> well, yeah, you do, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, like, you know, the old quests were made just... Me room for your nose. Oh, my gosh. The old quests were just pills. <laughs> and so now that the, the new Quest Pro is... Is thinner with the pancake lenses. Yeah, I think I have a bigger nose than you. So I don't know. Have you ever looked, we We've never. Measure. What? Those are some okay. Minor let's details do, our, of let's do a profile. You guys can write in the YouTube comments. What do you think? <laughs> okay.
1: Isn't there that guy on TikTok that will like use math to like figure out sizes? <laughs> yeah, his people's heights. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Another thing that I'm noticing is that there's a difference between in the controllers. The controllers no longer have
0: that like tracking ring The tracking ring. Yeah controllers have cameras in them now, which is insane. Okay Uh, Interesting because you know the the headset tracks with cameras on the outside. Yeah, and now the controllers do too
1: I miss those rings and uh, I like those rings
0: uh, Yeah, the rings were The rings felt like this is the future Rings do feel like the future, don't yeah.
1: they? <laughs> well, it's like the Tron wheels or yeah. like, you know, every, anytime you see like a futuristic motorcycle, it's like a hubless, like hollow wheel. I think like, I think especially like a pass through hollow yeah. disc yeah. just feels like welcome to the future. And then like the Apple headquarters. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know.
0: Infinite one, infinite loop. Um, then what else we got uh, I was gonna say I mean, we'll probably get into this a little bit more this episode But you know, obviously Mark Zuckerberg is paving the whole company to the metaverse. That whole thing. Yeah um, Which I definitely have thoughts on and opinions on but um, maybe we'll talk about that in a second um, The one other thing I was gonna say is we're being replaced James. Oh my <laughs> the, god uh, They've come out with podcast AI. <laughs> so now you can just feed AI your audio and it'll, it'll um, come up and, and play a podcast for you. So this I'm going to play this a little bit. Uh, this is from podcast.ai, which is a pretty yeah. sweet domain name. Uh, I didn't know they had domain names that were da- .ai. I guess so. Um, but this is with... Uh, Google has good products like Gmail and Chrome, but the ability to put these things out fast and iterate them every few weeks is hugely important, particularly for Google. Their search engine is so good. This was Steve Jobs, if he was interviewed by Joe Rogan. It's probably Rogan at the beginning. Here. And
1: we have some weird tie, which hooks into the fact that I was a big fan of Gizmodo and I still go there all the time, but then there was some controversy or something.
0: Well, you know, we always thought it was very funny. We were as surprised to see that stuff as you guys were to see it on Gizmodo. It's kind of a game to us. <laughs> it's insane, right?
1: It's <laughs> It is insane. Uh, obviously, there's enough footage of Joe Rogan to create a convincing AI. And
0: Steve, too. Yeah. It, I, I think they also downloaded his whole book. Oh, okay. So they have all of his... Did he narrate an audiobook? No, he, audio didn't, he didn't. Sorry, I didn't or narrate, was, it, he didn't narrate. But like from... He passed away before the
1: book came out.
0: Yeah, I think. Uh, but obviously, all of his you know, accounts are in the book. So you can play off... And when I was listening to this episode it's so the this is a podcast um that is doing all kind like i think they said you can can submit people that you want to hear interviewed um so like if you i was gonna like submit you and me like <laughs> what what would it i don't i don't think he would they would do a minor details episode but essentially it's like you know to choose two people to interview each other yeah um but yeah i I mean, obviously, those two people are very famous, so it's pretty easy to like make it convincing. Yeah. And when you're listening to it, it's pretty like accurate. Like you can listen to it and you would, you wouldn't really see any flaws unless you were like intensely listening and be right. like, okay, did Steve Jobs say something a little bit incorrect here? And like what what it was it, but, it, and the conversation will go on and it'll talk about like one topic and they'll like reference it back again. Right. Um,
1: yeah. I. It makes me. It makes me wonder. I mean, I think it's it's cool. I Nick, you didn't give me credit. I found that. Yeah, you did. I send it to you. Okay, Uh, you're not the only AI boy here. I've got my finger on the pulse. Okay, on the mechanical pulse. Uh, But um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that I like as much as AI could accurately create these things, like the. I think in a typical interview format, the unpredictability of where the conversation will go is sort of like the most interesting part. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how much AI will be able to replicate that. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's kind of like what we were talking about a couple episodes ago where it's like, what would happen if you asked Steve Jobs his favorite sandwich or something? Right. And if that information is not written anywhere, what would happen? Right. So... I don't, it's there's also just like legality issues, ethical issues around yeah. that. Like you're creating content that doesn't exist, and it's good enough quality where like people could listen to it. Yeah. Like I mean, I was listening to it for like thirty minutes. Like not, I didn't like listen to it as a novelty. It was just like, oh wow, I find myself just listening to this. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's. It's crazy.
1: Um I th- that's all I that's all I can ever say in summation about AI is this is crazy. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: Uh it's crazy how fast it's moving. That's what's really crazy too. Yeah. It feels like every week. I know. Um well, I think it's time for the big topic. Topic of <laughs> the,
1: the week. <laughs> <laughs> uh I like how you said that in your like sultry voice. That's yeah, the topic
0: is Web3 slash NFTs. Oh, Nick has been wanting to talk about this for a while. Yeah, it's a, a long time coming. I mean, obviously, let's see. I th- I think just to start off this topic, I think I should say, one, none of this is financial advice. Got to give the usual legal caveat there. Um, and then two, i I've tried to write a lot of this stuff down, yeah. And it's such a big topic, and a lot of confusing new terminologies and new ways of thinking. That it's you know it takes a while for people to wrap their minds around it, and it's just a very hard thing to yeah. talk about and understand. So I'm probably yeah. gonna sound like a crazy person. with well, this, this episode, that's well, all I'm saying. How? What <laughs> Give if, me some slack. What if we did it this way? Yeah. yeah.
1: Because I'm an egomaniac why don't we start with what I understand about web three and then you can go into your diatribe. Yeah, sure. Let's Cause here. I think that I can Let's probably here. give a good, just like intro yeah. of like what I understand and probably what most people understand about the technology. And this is
0: and great too, because you're, on the outside of yeah. web 3. I'm at the bottom right bottom of the rabbit hole. <laughs> and So because every time I talk about it you're like, "Uh-oh, Nick, what do you full full gone.
1: disclosure. When I got back from LA, I went out with Nick and we started talking about web 3 and then by the time we got to we had had dinner together and then we went to a bar and by the like half an hour into like being at this bar, Nick is like and we're gonna write entire constitutions for new countries. <laughs> yeah, and James's I, eyes were glazed I was over just at like, that point. <laughs> okay. All right. But um so anyway, this is what I understand like at the the total just like core of what Web3 is, which is it is a well, let's talk about NFTs, right? Because that's a separate thing
0: or they're they're inner they're interlaced. Oh it's funny. I mean I mean, I have it all written out, okay. but <laughs> NFT. what is your, what is your thought? On okay. It, right?
1: Web three is about creator ownership. Web, web one was like the first iteration of the internet, mm-hmm. uh, which was like people creating websites or whatever blogs, you know, right. which was, um, in a sense, like people owned things, but it was a little bit murky. Web two was when we have Facebook, Instagram, uh myspace yeah. like where we were uploading content and then that content was no longer our ownership right like we didn't we no longer owned it the companies owned our content yep um and now there's web3 which web3 is about digital contracts digital ownership and like creates a paper trail or like a digital paper trail of ownership yeah using these files And so, like, the first, like, why we ended up seeing what we saw with, like, the first round of NFTs was just, like, digital artists um, creating uh, ownership around their content um, by minting them as NFTs uh, rather than just, like, uploading things online so that if it was sold to somebody, it was, like, it was contractual it wasn't just like hey here's here's a physical print or here's a jpeg right. of something like it has there's more there's more of a contract at the core of this than than there was previously in web 2 um yeah and that's
0: as far as i understand That's not bad. That's pretty good. Okay. So i think the shorthand for that this is i guess Oh, you're going to go even shorter. Well, yeah, cuz there's uh, i believe this came from chris dixon uh which i couldn't pin to what he does but some sort of you know web three fishing internet silicon valley guy yeah um web one is read you know wikipedia like you said blogs web two is read and write you know writing is now anyone can post the internet facebook instagram so on and then web three is read write and own mm. right um so that's kind of the shorthand for web three um but yeah i don't know i guess maybe i'll start off with a little bit of like history about how i got into everything um i think there's this mistake that everyone makes about this stuff that i've realized uh you know it's been two years since i guess i fell down the rabbit hole and the mistake is every couple of years bitcoin and crypto skyrockets everyone mm-hmm. gets hyped People buy, people buy in, people lose money, and then people forget about it. Um, and that happened to me. I, 2017, I bought a little Bitcoin. On the day it was like the most expensive, and then you know lost money, um, which is fine. I, obviously, not financial advice. Only invest as much as you can afford to lose. But um, and then I just forgot about it. You know, went on with my my life, designing or whatever. Um, so when it came back around this past year. And things started, you know, heating up again. People were starting to talk about this stuff. I was like, okay, I need to actually learn about this instead of just, you know, off the cuff, just jumping in and, you know, it's wasting money. Um, and so that's when I, like, went down the rabbit hole of, like, oh, wait, you know, Bitcoin isn't just this digital money, right? It's something bigger. Um, and I, I think the best way I've thought about it is that Bitcoin invented something. Mm-hmm. It didn't invent digital money. It invented digital trust. Mm-hmm. It invented the blockchain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how I think about the blockchain now, is blockchain is not just like coins and people you know, pumping and dumping money. It's, it's this technology, this invention that has digitized trust. Um, and people also say trustless system, Um, which essentially just is like the idea that you don't have to trust it because it's code. Um, but in my mind, it makes it easier just to say digital trust. Um, and yeah, I feel
1: like just with the VR conversation, there's a lot of competing definitions, right? Like at this stage in, in all of this, because it's, you know, fairly recent history. Yeah.
0: That's the tough thing too, about these things. It's like so many new words and these words are still really, you know, undefined. Um but I the other thing too I think about is like, have you ever seen that YouTube video of the evolution of the desk where it starts off in like the 80s and you see like a classic Macintosh computer and then slowly like the calendar turns into the app. oh yeah. and then like the, the uh, landline phone turns into the cell phone right um, And it just eventually ends up to being a MacBook and a smartphone on the table right And it used to be like tons of stuff on the table. Yeah that's how I think about blockchain is that it's digitized trust um, and you know I think to give some more examples if we just think about our society and what um, what we use trust for like we trust our friends to pay us back for lunch uh, you know we tr- <laughs> James let me, let me get a bit movie <laughs> we split it I know <laughs> uh, um, you know, we trust the banks to keep our money safe. We trust, uh, you know, our local government to, to keep, to uphold infrastructure and protect us. Um, you know, we trust colleges to give us a good degree, to get us a job. Um, you know, and these things, these big trusted institutions aren't going away anytime soon, uh, but I think I think a big reason a lot of this stuff has started to become very popular is We can see some of those you can see some instances where trust has been broken Hmm. um, Across some of these big institutions Um, and So yeah, I think that's kind of why this stuff has been invented. It's like There's just this undercurrent of maybe it's better to trust code than humans Hmm. Um, So I think that is really the biggest point. If you take anything away from this podcast, it's like understanding that, you know, (laughs) people get carried away with the NFTs and it's like, Oh, it's like a silly cartoon animal, but the technology behind it is, is really important. It's, it's this new thing that, Oh, we've learned how to create this digital trust. Yeah. Um, and we can go into how that works, um, a little bit and like what we can do with that. Uh, I don't know if you had any
1: thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, I think for the most part, I think we need to like bring it down to like, how does this relate to design? Yeah. And I think the NFT thing both intrigued some people and really bothered other people. Yeah. And I remember laying out sort of like my issue with the NFT um, racket because like, I just felt like I didn't understand like why are these people, these digital artists racking up tons of money for like the pixelated rocks and right. the what were the monk the monkeys the, yeah, the, board apes yeah the board apes yeah. <laughs> the board yeah, this is how oh, I'm such a boomer uh but like I think that there was a mismatch between how much how much these things were going for in terms of like their the monetary value right. through the NFT versus their actual quality. And like, because I think that there was a perception of a lack of like aesthetic depth and quality. And it was like, it all became about like collectibles, but right. it was still just like this crazy amount of money being generated. And I remember your answer to me, but I would like to hear it again. Yeah. But,
0: um. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, obviously we can bring it back to NFTs. This This is like my one thing, though. It's like people are, are so focused on the NFT thing because it is this like very apparent, like, uh, I guess maybe controversial or like just obvious thing that's happening. But to just review that and not understand what is the core invention and how it can affect everything else in your life, I think is, it just misses the point. And that's why I like, that's why I wanted to start with like the, the initial mistake that I made, which is mm-hmm. like you just doing this, doing the popular thing and not understanding what actually is happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we can talk about like NFTs and stuff. Um, I mean, I think, so I think we need to talk about ownership a little bit because the, I feel I can sense how many ideas (laughs) are
1: coming into your head at once Um, and you're trying to wade through like where to
0: begin yeah this is also why I've waited so long because it's such such a difficult thing to, to to review and discuss but this is
1: this is also my problem with it is because I feel like it gets overcomplicated and people start extrapolating ideas around it that are just like okay yeah maybe but what is it right now yeah like what what are we looking at right now and how does that especially in the format of this podcast like how does it affect design
0: yeah i think so i think what's interesting is i would i would almost argue that everyone already has nfts they just don't even know it um in the sense that when you when you purchase something, whether you know whether it's an, a physical object or a digital object or whatever it is, right? I let's just say like your foam runners, your Yeezy foam runners. Um, a lot of people are buying Yeezy foam runners so they can post a photo on Instagram and get mm-hmm. likes, right? Yeah. Um, you know, maybe not you specifically, but that's kind of the culture, right? People buy things to be a part of a group. They buy things to show off to their friends. They buy things and they. And we do all this through social media, right? Um, I mean, certainly, when you show up with your Yeezy foam runners, it's like, ah, oh, nice, James. <laughs> you do that. You do that in real life. But most people, a lot of people, see the value of posting online and getting you know likes and comments and friends and followers through that content. And you know, imagine a scenario where maybe you couldn't post that foam runner online and you know Would the foam runners be worth that much money? Would they be worth four hundred three hundred dollars? Right mm-hmm. like how much of the value of that object is tied to the fact that you're a part of a group that you can post online Versus the part that's the functional part the foam that keeps your, that protects your feet, right? Because that's only like thirty dollars worth of value because mm-hmm. you can go to the store and buy crocs or whatever Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like $200 worth of value that's purely digital, purely emotional.
1: Well, no, uh, well, yeah, the emotional part, right? I mean the $200 worth of value and the foam runners, cause I, I, I mean, I don't want to like break down your analogy too much, yeah, yeah. but the value is the design, like the expertise of design that went into it. Yeah. And it's not just the materials, but like what you're saying essentially is like, you're you're buying into uh like a group, a movement. Uh, I guess like my impression of NFTs is like as we move further further into a digital world, it makes sense for us to have digital ownership over the goods that we consume within that digital world. Yeah. And so like if I'm purchasing an NFT, like I like my uh, skeuomorphic brain is thinking, like, oh, I'm buying um, little figurines for my uh, VR bedroom, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, but I still think that there's that disconnect with the cost. And your the way that you described it to me, because I because I was expressing my frustration around that, was that a lot of people who were buying NFTs were doing it with like house money like they were already investing into Bitcoin and Ethereum. right? And so the money that was being spent on that was actually just like people who had maybe bought into the system when Ethereum was a lot cheaper. And now like they're operating as if Ethereum is their primary means of currency, like in in this world, in this right. landscape. And so like paying one Ethereum for something like when they have maybe hundreds, thousands is not the same as somebody thinking about, like,
0: how that maps out to, like, the dollar value. Yeah, I mean, obviously this, you know, why were people spending so much money on NFTs? Especially at the beginning, I think there was a lot of people that, you know, had bought Ethereum at $10 or whatever, and then it's spiked to 2000 and people, you know... To them, you know, I sold chair sketches and things. To them, you know, maybe a chair sketch was only worth a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Um. But in U.S. dollar value, you know, it was a couple thousand. Yeah. Um. So there was that, and then also the big, the big part of NFTs is just the speculation, like yeah. the gambling side of things, which I think a lot of people do have critiques about and don't like that part, which is complete fair. Like I yeah. agree. Like. Gambling is not for
1: everyone, <laughs> but but I mean, in the real world, people do invest in art or whatever property that's going to appreciate and value. Yeah, it's not specific to NFTs. Yeah, like
0: obviously, stock markets the same way. Right, the art world is the same way. Um, real estate. Yeah. Um, but it's not. I mean, I think what also the thing that was frustrating for a lot of people is just the fact that like. It's this disruptive technology mm-hmm. that poses a lot of risk to you know a lot of these more trusted institutions, right? Yeah. Um, but we've seen some of that, like some of these, like the art world has started to accept NFTs as yeah you know part of the community. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's that's obviously a, a critique, and you know that critique extends to m- many places around in the world. I think part of it is. You know, obviously with the stock market and real estate, a lot of that stuff is regulated. Um, The the traditional art market's not regulated, which is why, you know, paintings will go for millions of billions of dollars, maybe not billions, but um, in that that whole thing as a whole, I mean, people can research that if they want to. Um, The thing is, is most people in the crypto space actually want it to be regulated Mm -hmm. uh, because it, it legitimizes this really valuable technology, Right um you know people don't want it to be scammy and there is there's tons of scams uh so that's obviously a big critique as well hmm. um and yeah I think maybe to bring it back to design again like I think there's kind of two pathways you can go in the current nft space as is obviously you could create collectibles um I think about like toy design uh where you're doing like funko pop characters and stuff like that i mean that's that's something that i i've worked on a few projects pseudonymously which is like under a pen name um and that kind of stuff is is design related and you could do that i mean i personally enjoy the physical and digital side of things Mm -hmm. i think there's a there's still a lot to pioneer with like how you um tie a digital asset to a physical asset or a physical object. Yeah, there is a there was a one company I think you might have shown me this. It's called Instate. Yeah, um, I, I can't remember her name, but it was founded by a shoe designer. We have to look it up, but um, they are essentially crowdfunding uh, shoes with NFTs. So you buy an NFT, and then later on, when the shoe gets produced, you get yeah. the shoe.
1: Uh, it's uh, Stephanie Howard. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it it seems like there's a lot of people that use it as a means. Like, it's funny. We started out this conversation, uh, this podcast, talking about Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and and this right now seems like another means of fundraising. Right.
0: This for, is this is the very tangible right now uh, use case for NFTs. Yeah. It's it's pretty much a new kind of way to kickstart without having Kickstarter you know, take 10%, you get all the percentage. Yeah. Um,
1: And like, I also think about the, like the
0: Tom Sachs project. Yeah. Tom Sachs did a project where he released NFTs. This one was actually really fun. Um, I have, I bought a few of these, but they are, he did uh, physical rockets, like toy rockets, um, you know, that you get off the, the, that you get at hobby stores. And he sold them as different parts so you could like mix and match your own rocket. So you could do like a blue tail with a, you know, Nike, you know, nose cone or whatever. Um, and then he launched the physical ones. And then he shipped you a physical and you got to keep the NFT too. Hmm. So that was fun. So now you have like a physical piece of art that Tom Sachs made and a digital Where's NFT. Where's your rocket? It's in it's my home. I got to bring it. put it on the shelf back here. Um, So, I don't know. I think that that is the stuff we are at right now. Um, And then, so that's, like, the collectible side of things, right? Like, that's, you know, if you want, like, one design and then to do a bunch of different colors, right? Like Funko Pops or whatever. Um, And then there's the art side, which, you know, my chairs were pieces of art. Like, I didn't, like, have a physical counterpart to that. Just, like, you know, buy them if you want them. Um, And there's uh really amazing artist that I think is kind of pioneering this space, Reisinger Andres mm. or Andres Reisinger of Reisinger studio. Um, you know, he's much more, he's kind of a 3d artist, uh, does a lot of the dreamscape renders uh, much more on the art furniture side of things where he's doing like sofas that, you know, look like squiggly knots and like, mm. um, he's he not
1: doing, he's not doing
0: them in AI, is he? No. <laughs> Uh, but the one, the one chair he made, uh, was, I think it's for Moe. I forget what's called uh, the Hort- Hortensia chair, which mm. it, it's just this big fluffy chair that's covered with uh, flower petals. Mm. It's really beautiful. Mm. And it started out as a render, um, which I think too kind of to tie it back again, it's like he created this imaginary chair, rendered it out beautifully, posted it on Instagram. People loved it so much people love this digital thing so much that it became a physical object. Oh, wow. Um, And I think he's just very poised to, you know, be in this space of mixing this digital world because he just creates these very vibrant, enticing digital worlds. And, you know, so enticing, in fact, that like people create them physically. Yeah. Um, But of course, he's sold a lot of his work through NFTs, um, which makes a ton of sense for his stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, Now, one thing that I noticed after all this was going on with the NFTs was that you deleted or at least hid or something (laughs) all of your posts on Instagram. Yeah, I don't think that's related. but (laughs) After having minted your chairs, I thought it was related because I thought you were like, wait, I don't want Instagram to own these. I want to own these. That's interesting. Hmm. That's that was what I suspected. Okay.
0: But but was it just a part of your rebrand? Yeah, that's more of a part of my rebrand. Yeah. Uh that is interesting. That's a good thing. That's a good point that you bring up though because there is this idea that um NFTs should be, you know, people always talk about, "Oh, why should I own an NFT cuz I can just copy and save the image." Yeah. Um so that is not the mindset that people who are in the space understand, right? It's more about you want the NFT to proliferate. You want it to be a meme. Mm. The most valuable NFTs have been like some of me- a lot of meme people. Um, so, no, I did not delete all my share sketches because I sold them. Uh, <laughs> I I still want to put them on my... I, I'm just... It's, it's the rebrand. Right. So... I would also say another thing that I think is really interesting to explore is 3D printing in NFTs hmm. because I think this goes back to this idea of um, like localized manufacturing and this, the, the owning something digital, right? Because when you create, I think about Boehm, do you know that company yeah. we were talking about it earlier off the pod, they do 3D printed objects like vases and stuff and they just sell the 3D printed files, right? For like you know a couple dollars, um, which is fine and it's great, and people can have who have printers can print them. Um, but I think it'd be so interesting if you could sell an NFT of that vase design, and then whoever owned the vase NFT got some percentage of the revenue from those 3D printed files. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like open sourcing the physical, and then the digital is the scarce asset. Um, So that's another idea that's been popping in my mind a lot. It's like we live in, we used to live in this world where digital things were infinite. You can copy and paste an image a thousand times, but physical things were scarce, right? You couldn't get a thousand chairs or a thousand lamps, but now with 3d printing, the physical can, you know, in theory, quote unquote, in theory is infinite, right? You could, 3D print and an infinite amount of lamps, um, and then the digital could be scarce, right? The digital could be the NFT that only mm. one person owns. Mm. Um, that's more of just like a thought experiment. That's not really a, a thing, but it's just something that I've been playing with. See, so yeah, James, I can already see uh, James's eyes have glazed over. <laughs> I think I'm just crashing <laughs> listen, off the listen, coffee. Yeah, you, uh, you got to talk about coffee for a good for a good fifteen <laughs> minutes. So it's my turn to to talk about to be a crazy person. Uh,
1: no, it's it's just. It is it is so very dense. interesting. It's so
0: dense. It's a lot of dense stuff. It is very dense.
1: Like the only way that I think that this technology especially around NFTs does become interesting is is like the legal ramifications because like you can't you can't sue a company I don't know if you can sue a company if they take something that you post on like Instagram or something, and then they use it for their own content. Like, I don't know how that, I guess that yeah, maybe that is. There's technically copyright. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. What <laughs> Then why do I need an NFT? Like that would be the most interesting part to me is like a digital asset. I would, I would have ownership. Therefore I could sue somebody for doing the copy paste like, and using it for monetary gain.
0: Yeah, I, I think, I think this is another one of these
1: skeuomorphic I, things. I want to sue my way <laughs> into the three comma club. <laughs> okay. 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 I, I, I'm gonna win a lot of legal <laughs> battles, and I'm gonna have a nice little nest you egg. Better start minting those NFTs. Yeah. Things.
0: Um. I I will say, any kind of contractual thing, is is very poised to be taken over by blockchain technology, right? Like, imagine, this is another thing that, another idea that I've thought about with related to design is like, what if royalty agreements could be on the blockchain? Mm -hmm. So instead of companies wanting to, or instead of me as a designer, like emailing a bunch of companies saying, hey, here's my designs. Do you want to, you know, produce them for a royalty? I could just post up my designs online and anyone who, any factory who wanted to produce it could buy the nft and Mm. in the nft it just has a royalty contract and Mm. so you just automatically agree to it um
1: interesting so that's just like expediting that process mm -hmm. but the problem there is that like first of all they would either have to know about you or there would have to be some sort of like resource local like like um a condensed resource of like essentially an Amazon or Alibaba of like designs
0: that are not produced yet, but could be easily produced. Yeah. So this goes back to the the point you're making of there are possibilities for this technology, but what is it, what is it actually doing right now? Right. Yeah. So like, this is like a possibility. Like this is stuff that people really haven't figured out the, the minutia of, mm-hmm. but it is one of the applications that's possible, right? Any like contractual thing is very possible. So like any, legal, a lot of legal stuff I feel could be allocated to blockchain instead mm. of, and that's why you see a lot of like lo- you can take out a loan on the blockchain. You don't need to go to a bank, um, mm. uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you can form companies on blockchain, right? Uh, through DAOs, which is a whole another thing we could get into. Yeah, but <laughs> I know we're. Yeah,
1: I feel like most of the arguments that I've heard around the blockchain are just like, uh, on like sort of the libertarian side of things where it's like, it's not regulated, it's decentralized, like these, things, it is decentralized, these right? things are important for like the future of people who to be independent from institutions, like to not have to rely on an institution like a bank, right, that could Essentially, decide whether they might want to do business with you or not. Yes. Um, but um,
0: yeah, I don't. It's yeah. James, come on, hang with me. <laughs> I mean, so all right. Obviously, like I've been in this space for two years. You're and an it, evangelist. I'm, I'm passionate about it. Yes. Yeah. I am a. I try not to evangelize too much. Obviously, I understand there's a lot of issues with it still. But it, you know, to me, it feels like, it feels like. M- our dot-com moment, right? Right. I wasn't around when the dot-com bubble was around. I wasn't around when, you know, the 80s, 70s, like, computer stuff was happening, right? Yeah. Um, It just feels like it's this exciting new technology that, you know, is is coincidentally poised for creators this time around, right? Yeah. Um, Well, it's,
1: I guess the only (laughs) optimism that I can take from it is that, it seems to be um, almost ju- like to juxtapose it against the AI conversation right? where creators are coming, like in the digital age are becoming, are like under threat in mm. some way. Like it feels like NFT, maybe the blockchain is like a small defense That's interesting. against that. I never thought about it that way. Because like the other thing, the thing about AI that, that I think that we've talked about is like in order to get AI trained, you have to train it off of content. You have to like, like in order for it to produce design work, it's got to be trained off of prior design work. But if that design work is now NFT, like contractual owned, like could that be a defense against AI being able to take intellectual property and use that to create like create new things?
0: I mean, not really, but (laughs) that's
1: going to be, you brought that up in this episode that that's going to be a thing. Like the, the whole idea that AI, like there's, there's definitely some legality issues around ownership within the AI conversation. right? And so like, it that's that's where my mind has like arrived yeah. at through this whole conversation. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe that's a leap.
0: Um yeah, I mean I think the thing maybe to just like wrap this up is like <laughs> you know, it is a very broad industry, a broad topic. It's so hard to just put it all into one podcast, especially from someone who like has only been in the space for like a year and a half or two years. And you know, I know a lot, but I am no by no means an expert. So, and definitely, it's definitely a lot easier for me to talk about design than it is uh, Web3. Yeah. So it's been, I just, I had to get it out there because I know I just get so many messages of like, you know, what are your thoughts on it? How do, how, how do you, wh- what are you doing in the space? What do you think about it? And as you can hear through this podcast, it's not something that I can just type out easily, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, um, I, I will, I will say this in summation. Yeah. Like I feel like the computer era, like the beginnings of computers right. was sort of this like intangible, like anything is possible, like imagine a future sort right. of thing. But it wasn't until things like the Mac that came along and made it, accessible to the like population that we really understood like oh like this is what computers can mean for us and like our future and i feel like there hasn't the accessible moment so far for web three has been nfts but for the most part it's i i mean maybe maybe the computer the first computers were as divisive but i feel like it was very divisive yeah there was like There was the aesthetics of the things, which made it difficult to understand, and the price of those things. And then there was this whole, like, environmental argument that was happening. I
0: will say just, I'm not going to go into this, but the environmental stuff has been fixed, so no worries anymore. The the argument's (laughs) null. Um,
1: I didn't, I I mean, I might be, like, totally torching myself here, (laughs) but... I didn't even understand the environmental arguments to begin with. Cause people were saying that Bitcoin, because of the, like what it was taking to mine servers, that Bitcoin was like contributing the amount of CO2 as like a small country. But my, my question back to that is like, what industry isn't <laughs> like, like I'm sure yeah. that on the scale of other industries, Bitcoin was like a right. small percentage of that well, it this felt, is, yeah it felt like it it felt like a very strange argument to me and also like it's one of those arguments that I feel like people get annoyed about with conservatives when they talk about like renewable energies where conservatives are like the renewable energies are not as efficient as they could be they're not as reliable as they could be and it's like we're talking about technologies in their infancy, Yeah, like let's give it a little bit of time to like optimize. And, and so like, that's, that's kind of how I felt about that conversation was like, this feels, this feels like a really, like, it feels like a swing and a miss to me in terms of like a, a a legitimate critique against this technology. Right. Well, I think,
0: I think with any new technology, you know, especially this stuff where it's a big shift it's a big change it i don't want to say threaten but you can see how like there are some thing some institutions that wouldn't want to be replaced by code right yeah. because maybe they have more power than code right they right. like to have the power right and so a lot of those conversations and critiques really stem i think from that core You know, feeling of wait, this stuff is a little scary. Yeah, and that's the thing with like computers or any technology, right? The internet came out, like, like what you were saying. It's like this stuff is unknown. Same with AI; it's scary, and so we're a little bit afraid of it. Yeah, and you know, maybe it it could take a while before it catches on. I don't think, I don't think Web three as a technology is going away anytime soon. I think, you know, maybe the speculation, the dumb, silly you know monkey jpegs are going to go away um yeah but you know i think you know in 10 years from now we'll be like everyone will just have nfts commonplace like we have you know social media or the internet right it's just going to be the the de facto thing it's like oh yeah i have an email i also have a you know crypto wallet just, right,
1: right right yeah i think it's just modernity like m- Modernity is is a very hard thing to assess when you're in the midst of yep. it and you're in the midst of innovation because, like, you're not going to understand the benefits and trade-offs in one analysis, Right. like, at the beginning of a new innovation. It's going to take time. And, unfortunately, there's this feeling like we don't have time to assess these things, but I... Yeah, I just, I think like, that's why I've like in my life in general, I have started to shy away from like snap judgment Mm. about things because it's not, I don't think it's productive. I don't think that it's useful. Like you need to sit with something for a while before you can really assess like whether this is a net benefit or like uh, a net, uh, deficit yeah for society for you know whatever it is
0: yeah i mean it's a tough thing totally but um i think now that we've at least opened the can of worms maybe there'll be other other design slash web3 topics or news that we can get into later on the podcast i mean you know feel free you guys to send in your thoughts on web3 to my details podcast at gmail.com um you know, let us know what you think. If there's stuff you want us to go more deeply into, uh, let us know. I obviously like this is something I'm really passionate about, and I don't think, you know, I, I I like to think I know our audience pretty well, and obviously we like to focus on industrial design, so I don't think we're gonna turn this into like a full-on Web three podcast. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll still stay the track, but um, I'm really excited about it, and hopefully, you know, I can try to post more projects that I've been doing in this space, um, you know, when, when they happen, I mean, yeah. obviously like the Spirograph wallpaper was a really interesting one. Cause I essentially made NFTs of the process. Yeah. And then the real is, is like a physical, you know, product. Totally. Um, so I think there's just like fun things like that, that would be fun to talk about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I appreciate for those who've stuck around through it. Hopefully, hopefully our listeners' <laughs> eyes didn't glaze over. Like I yours stuck did. <laughs> around for this. <laughs> James I, is just I, squirming I, the whole I, time. I, oh,
1: man. Uh, you know, I've got. I feel like I've got the designer fidgets. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's really interesting. Like I want to understand about it because I feel like it's the infancy of a technology that's going to be with us in one form or another. Right. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, I feel like we should, for one thing, we we have some questions that have come in through email, yeah. um, minor details podcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, unfortunately, we've run out of time yeah, with this we episode definitely got long. but That's we cool. will get to them in the next episode, yeah. we promise. And um, to we have our hundredth episode coming up. Mm-hmm. If you have any ideas for us. Let us know also in the email or on the discord, you know, wherever. Um, And I think that's, yeah, I think that's it. That's it. As always, I'm Nick. I'm James. Peace. Later.